And joining us for Economy Tutor from Catholic University, uh, economics professor Yang Jun-suk. Professor Yang, good morning to you. Good morning. We're going to talk about two topics today, um, household debt and um, firm debt, or I guess corporate debt. Uh, we've been talking about debt quite a bit, uh, largely focusing on government uh, debt, and you've uh, given us your um, recent analysis on all of that. So we'll talk about the other types of debt. Uh, First, um, can you tell us about household debt, uh, rising household debt? We've been talking about that for quite a bit, especially once it passed the uh, the quadrillion one mark uh, a number of years ago. It's at worryingly high levels now, especially with the uh, pandemic. Um, uh, some of this is uh, attributed to the uh, stock market as well as housing prices as well, and the new trends given rise to uh, two Korean phrases, uh, uh use the debt to in- invest, or uh, or which is uh, using your even your soul, <laughs> to basically kind of just scraping everything you can possibly get to, to get some kind of uh, real estate under your name. So what, what is this? Uh, uh, do we have this sort of cultural thing where or like kind of hitting it big, uh, get rich quick is sort of a thing here in Korea? Well, that probably is part of the answer. But what really concerns me is that this sounds suspiciously like the beginnings of a bubble. Okay. Uh, but let's just go into the uh, numbers on the household debt first. Uh, household debt, as you mentioned, we've been talking about this for uh Ever since I've known you, we've been talking about this. Yes. Uh, And uh, even before. So this has been an issue for more than 10 years. Uh, And if you look at the uh, total household debt, it has uh, risen to historically high levels. According to a July report that was published by Institute of International Finance, Korean level of household debt in first quarter of 2020 was 97.9% of GDP. This was the highest among 34 countries examined. Mm -hmm. It's higher than the UK, which is in the second place with 84.4%. So not only are we in the first place, we're in the first place by a uh, big big margin. margin. Uh, The uh, third place is Hong Kong at 82.5% and US 75.6%. Now, secondly, uh, as much as the uh, problem is the amount, another further problem is that it's rising very quickly. Uh, The report uh said that the uh, if you compare the uh, Korean first quarter 2020 figures with fourth quarter ni- uh, 2019 figures Korean household debt rose by 5.8 percentage point that's the third highest after Hong Kong which was 9% and China which was 6.4% mm-hmm. um now uh this is uh, somewhat of an old report, so why is it catching the news now? Uh, there was another report just last week which showed uh, the credit lending. So this is uh, part of household debt, but mm-hmm. purely depending on your personal credit, uh, not any collateral or stuff like that. Right. Uh, that rose uh, to $125 Five, uh, 417 billion won, and the uh, figure had risen by one tri- uh, one trillion 142 billion won in just 10 days. Hmm. So uh, this is a really rapid rise in uh, uh, per- uh, personal credit loans, uh, and uh, if this trend keeps up, uh, then the uh, rise in credit lending may pr- exceed the previous monthly high, which was $4,755 trillion, uh, billion won. and the concern is much of this is going to the stock market, uh, which a lot of people fear is going off the fundamentals 
or the housing market, which government is very concerned whether it is approaching a uh, sort of a speculative bubble. So uh, I think we, you talk about these huge numbers, and maybe a lot of us, our eyes are just glazing over because we can't really grasp the uh, significance. Of, well, can you explain why exactly this is a big problem? Okay, well, uh, two points. The first is... In a recession, debt grows naturally because, well, uh, your income goes down, your company's revenues goes down, so you need to borrow to at least maintain a uh, con- uh, to continue your consumption or make up for the lost income. So, rise in debt itself is natural, but the yeah. concern is that it is much too fast. If debt grows to excessive levels, it may slow down recovery rather than help because people will now be concerned about paying back the debt rather than consuming, which is what we need to get beyond uh, the uh, recession. And then secondly, if the borrowed money is spent not on consumption or productive investment, but on building speculative bubbles, it can lead to serious problems in financial stability. Uh, This is partially the reason why we keep mentioning that uh, seeds of the next bubble is planted in the last recession. Um, so con- uh, the uh, concerns are rising because the, much of the increasing debt seems to be headed toward, uh, as I mentioned, the uh, housing market or the stock market. And the, uh, most of the new debt is coming from credit rather than a collateral loan. Mm. Uh, on collateral loans, banks at least have the collateral to fall back on if the uh, uh, borrower doesn't pay back. And the amount of the uh, collateral collateral. The value of the collateral maintains sort of a check on how much you can borrow. But on credit, uh, personal credit, you don't really have that to fall back on. So if uh, these people uh, cannot pay back their loans, well, the uh, financial sector is completely out in the cold on what they can recover. So the idea that people using um, unsecured loans, whether it's uh, through their credit cards or you get some kind of line of credit, right, with with a bank, why are they using that route instead of the more safer and really easier, usually easier to approve way of just using the equity you have in a house to to get those loans? Okay, well... uh Partially, it's government policy. Partially, it's interest rate. Uh, To reduce speculation on housing, because when you speculate on housing, you usually use the uh, housing you're going to buy as a collateral. Uh, uh, There's restrictions on how much loans you can take. And also, the interest rate was kept a bit higher. Uh, So the uh, uh, interest rate on uh, these type of housing collateral loans were kept uh, relatively high at two to four percent range. Now, uh, but due to the uh, coronavirus recession, the uh, Bank of Korea has lowered the interest rate to historically low levels. Uh, so the interest rate for these unsecured personal credit loans are now somewhere between eight po- uh, 1.85 and 3.75%. So it's lower, interest rate is actually lower than uh, s- secured loans. Uh, which is actually somewhat of a contradiction, but that's what we have right now. Um, Now, this news is only about uh, half an hour old, but apparently the uh, banks have agreed that they're going to raise the uh, interest rate for personal credit loans, and they might uh, restrict the uh, lending uh, because obvious before 
<laughs> because, well, as we, as we just mentioned, it's sort of a contradiction to have an unsecured loan have lower interest rate than uh, collateral secured loans. Yeah, you would think that uh, <laughs> the lower rate would be for the, the, the so-called safer uh, loan to be given out. I can tell you anecdotally, even people around me, uh, they are using these uh, credit lines to, to get money, but uh, it's not to, let's say, have a purchase, which would be a consumption that could maybe have a stimulus effect, but it's really more they're using it either to think about getting a house or getting a chance or even maybe uh, buying stocks. So these loans are being used for these kind of housing or stock investments. Right. And we've seen this in previous uh, cases before financial crisis. Now, some of these loans are just used uh, to get, uh, for people to get by. We mentioned uh, people who were hit by coronavirus yeah. may use these uh, cheap loans to uh, uh, try to keep uh, up their consumption or try to maintain their businesses. But if we look at, say, 1929 stock market crash in the United States, before that crash, people borrowed to invest in the stock market. Uh, same thing with uh, 97 real estate uh bubble in Thailand and Philippines, which sparked the Asian financial crisis. They, all, uh, they used cheap loans, international loans, to invest in the uh, stock, uh, invest in uh, real estate market, which ended up to be in a bubble. Yeah. And then the uh, most recent case is the 2008 subprime mortgage bubbles. Uh, again, people used uh, low-interest loans to try to invest in what they believe was a hot uh, investment, uh, which was the uh, subprime mortgage at the time. The uh, uh, so uh, it one of the common things that you see before financial crisis is that people uh, take cheap loans uh, to invest in risky but high return investments. Um, now, not every one of those end up in a financial crisis, uh, but uh, there uh, it seems. But when you look at the financial crisis from uh, after the crisis on reasons why those crises took place, uh, it always involves cheap loans, higher risk uh, investments, uh, and a bubble. So it's, uh, this won't, uh, I'm not saying that we will have a financial crisis, but there are some worrying concerns okay. about the seeds being planted. So you are not um, necessarily taking the uh, Noriel Rubini, Dr. Doom route of actually <laughs> predicting the bubble being clapped pre-2008, but you are saying there are some markers here that would have been factors from all the uh, kind of empirical data that we've had in the past of how these bubbles have uh, popped in. A techni- in sort of a technical speak, it's a necessary condition, but it's not a sufficient right. condition. So it's, it's not necessarily predictive, but uh, certainly uh, it is instructive. Okay, again, going Going back to my initial question here of whether there is some kind of uh, desire for uh, get rich quick or or the need to have your assets multiply uh, this idea of having some kind of tebak or like uh, your asset base be in this kind of high growth type of situation, uh, whether it's housing or whether it's stocks. Why are people and I'm, I'm wondering if this is maybe more psychological, if this is just are people being rational actors here, but why are people borrowing so much money to pour it into stocks or housing? Well, 
bubbles by itself, it's only rational in a very uh, limited sense because you have this belief, which may be irrational or rational, that the prices will keep on rising. And if you do have that belief, uh, then it uh, is rational for you to borrow at a cheap rate and try to invest in these uh, assets which are uh, prices which are going up. But partially, I think it's also because a bit of a failure on government policies to control the real estate prices. For example, we talked about this before, uh, but when we have ultra-low interest rates, tons of prices are going to be going up naturally. And uh, once the uh, uh, interest rate falls so low that transit prices go up so high that it may be about 80 to 90% of the purchase price of housing, then it may actually make uh, complete rational sense to borrow that additional 10 to 20% and just buy housing. Right. Uh, Now, uh, also, I think one uh, one mistake by the government is that they spent so much time trying to control speculation instead of raise it, uh, instead of increasing the supply of housing, and they kept on failing to control the price of housing. That uh, people are now beginning to believe that the rise in housing prices is invincible, uh, and that feeds into again. Uh, what could be termed rational or irrational, that prices will keep on rising. So then it makes sense for them to borrow money at an ultra-low interest rate and put it into stocks or housing. Um, uh, so uh, it's the government's uh, mistake to concentrate on speculation demand policy rather than supply policy uh, seems to be resulting in uh, people's uh, really almost the rational confidence that uh, prices on housing will keep on rising. And the, uh, some uh, insecurity over whether government will be able to supply all the housing that they promised is also feeding into it. And a lot of people are right now are, I think, worried that uh, this will be the last time that they can even afford to get a house uh, because once the coronavirus is over, uh, the housing uh, price increase will continue, but cheap interest rate will no longer be there. Before we move into uh, corporate debt, then, the, the, the dilemma does seem to be here because the nation's wealth and so many people's um, assets are tied to the real estate market that if you pop this bubble, and yes, the goal seems to be affordable housing for people to be able to access, especially in the Seoul area, but if that precipitously declines, that is going to be a catastrophic situation for millions of people in these household debt situations. But at the same time, for younger people who are wanting affordable housing, they don't want to buy into a depreciating asset as well. And so it just seems like a runaway train. Yeah. And the only way to break this bubble is, well, soft landing. Yeah. Textbook wise, uh, you need to have a soft landing. Uh, technically, I don't know whether that's possible. That's, that's the dilemma. Uh, that's the dilemma. So the uh, usual po- uh, political answer is just let the uh, next administration take care of it. Uh, but uh, that makes the bubble bigger and bigger. And there has been cases where uh, after governments try to limit the housing bubble, if the prices fall too much, then they're so c- concerned about uh, the uh, wealth, uh, the house owners' wealth being wiped out and the uh, financial financial sector being in a, uh, going into a crisis because the value of their loans uh, are going down, uh, that they have put in policies to try to raise the housing prices. So in a sense, uh, I think a lot of people feel that government 
if uh, the pop, uh, bubble pops, then government will make sure that it doesn't pop too much. Yeah. And that also works to build up the bubble. Well, uh, precarious uh, situation, uh, perhaps. Let's talk about then uh, corporate debt, because that also seems to be rising as well. Right. And the uh, same IIF report that I talked about the, uh, during the beginning, uh, it said the Korean corporate debt in first quarter 2020 is 104.6% of GDP. So uh, corporate debt is actually higher than the housing debt, uh, the household debt that we were worried about worried about. It's seventh out of the 34 countries. Uh, The highest is Hong Kong at 230.7%. Next is China, uh, 159.1%. And then Singapore is in the third place, 125.2%. So uh, other countries which are ahead of Korea include Chile, Eurozone and Japan, uh, but their uh, percentage is roughly the same as Korea. Uh, So um, we're not the worst of the pack here, but the rate of increase over the last year is 7.4 percentage point, which is the fourth largest of the 34 countries examined. Uh, And one reason why we are so worried about corporate debt is uh, well, during 1997, the uh, Asian financial crisis, what a lot of Koreans call the IMF crisis, the culprit for that was corporate debt, not government debt or household debt. Uh, and one of the reasons that perhaps the uh, co- Korean corporate debt is not uh, at the head of the pack is that there were some me- uh, measures put in place so that the corporate debt does not get too high because of the lessons we learned from 97. Yeah. But still, uh, it is uh, heading up uh, uh, to a very high level. And we can compare this to, say, the United States, where the uh, U.S. Federal Reserve and various analysts are concerned that corporate debt in the U.S. is too high and will act as a drag on recovery or further growth. And their corporate debt rate is only 78.1%. And our final question here for then for you is, uh, what are the big problems uh, with uh, corporate debt? Okay, well, uh, corporate debt, uh, they do have to try to finance it. Uh, We have a lot of problems. We have a lot of zombie companies. Zombie companies are uh, defined as companies whose profits are not enough to pay back the uh, interest rate, uh, interest pay payment on the debt for three years. And Korean uh, proportion of the uh, zombie debt is about 14.8% in 2019, and it's rising. If we just take 2019 for one year, uh, the companies which cannot pay back the uh, interest payments are 33.3%. And remember, this is before the coronavirus. So the numbers are bound to go up this year. And they had an OECD report just uh, released a a couple of weeks ago, and Korea now is the fifth largest in terms of the proportion of the zombie companies, even though OECD uses a slightly different uh, definition. Uh, The highest is uh, Canada with about 24%. uh, And uh, Greece and U.S. take second and third spots. uh, But Korea is the fifth largest and it is growing. And in conclusion, uh, debt is not good and Korea is increasingly becoming debt-ridden, right? Right. Uh, so uh, it's, we're concerned about the government, but what we really may be concerned, well, should be concerned about is corporate and the uh, household debt. And all of them are rising because of the coronavirus. And ironically, uh, it does look like uh, among all of them, uh, you know, <laughs> there's always 
political aspects to the counter accusation going on. But uh, among the three pillars, it does seem like the, the, the government has really the best handle of debt uh, in comparison yeah, to it's a, corporate. It's, and, uh, it's ironic because that's usually the opposite of most other countries. Uh, but still, what is concerning is that even the government debt is going to rise a lot this year. Yeah, and I think the... the, the idea seems to be let's get through the coronavirus first and then uh, which I think is the answer but still we're going to have to deal with this problem as soon as the coronavirus is under control Professor Young always appreciate it and we'll talk to you again next week thank you